Hey, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Drive Home Edition. Uh, Brad and I wanted to pod this week. Unfortunately, uh, just didn't really link up. Brad had uh, a baseball game, I think, up in Detroit he went to see his Pirates play, which is kind of cool. Um, but here I am. I wanted to talk some talk some football. I'm not going to really talk any NBA. Um, I've been watching a little bit of the playoffs. They've been fun, but um, I don't really want to talk NBA. I want to talk about a little bit about the draft. I want to talk a little bit about some other things kind of going on around the league. And, uh, yeah, it's a drive home pot, so here we go. So let's start off with the draft. Uh, for not having any quarterback buzz this year, I thought the draft was arguably better than years past because of the amount of trades, the amount of skill players that were going. Um, unless your team is actively pursuing a quarterback, quarterbacks aren't really that fun to see get drafted because most of the time they're not day one starters. They don't affect fantasy football the coming year. There's just, I mean, unless they're a number one, two, three overall pick, you know, there's just, again, or your team's not um, drafting one, you typically don't give a crap that a quarterback's drafted. Like, I, I mean... I probably only care about Kenny Pickett being drafted to the Steelers this year because obviously Brad's my co-host and I like I want uh, you know I like hearing Brad's opinions on Kenny Pickett and things like that. If it was the if it was a quarterback taken to the Lions, I probably would not give a shit. So um, with that said, I thought it was a really fun draft. Lots of wide receivers taken, which was really disappointing that New England wasn't able to kind of snag one in the first round and. Lots of pass rushers. Pass rushers are at a premium uh, in wide receivers, too. So, with that being said, as far as, like, the best draft, it's always going to go to the teams that suck because they get the best players. That's just how the draft works. If you're not familiar, the worst team gets the number one pick, and then the best team gets the 32 pick unless there's trades. So, most of the time, if you are picking – up towards the front, you you're you're bad, and therefore you have picks. Uh, the Jets had two of them. They ended up getting a third, and then they think they traded up in the second round, or maybe they stayed put. But they basically got four of the top thirty-five players, and I thought they were all players except for the running back Bryce Hall. Brees Hall. Well, that's a great pick. I don't know that it fit their team. Who who really cares though? They got four of the top thirty-five players on anybody's draft board. Um, lots to be excited about. I absolutely despise the Jets, so it'll be interesting what they do. We're not sure about Zach Wilson, all that other good stuff, but um, yeah, yeah. Second thing, um, I want to talk a little bit about New England's pick. So here's my biggest problem. If you're, if you're unfamiliar, New England traded out of the 21st pick like I knew they would, how I joked about it on Facebook a couple days prior. They traded out of the 21st pick to the 29th pick with the Kansas City Chiefs. And while doing so, they acquired a third-round pick, which is also what they acquired Devontae Parker for. So they basically got Devontae Parker for free in this sense, if you think about it that way. Or you can think about it as they got Devontae Parker by trading back. However you want to look at it, Devontae Parker was basically now free. But So they trade back to 29, and they take... Cole Strange, a guard out of Tennessee Chattanooga, who ESPN couldn't even put a highlight tape up for because I don't think they had any idea that he would go in the first round. Um, a little disappointing to see that. That's happened before, just a couple years back, when Bill Belichick 
arguably overdrafted a strong safety, Kyle Duggar, out of a very small school that the draft was not prepared to have drafted in that spot, and there was no tape ready for him. So, once again, Bill Belichick breaking the mold in the draft. But my biggest problem isn't that he overdrafted Cole Strange or is that it's not even that we took Cole Strange or anything like that. My biggest issue is we drafted a guard. Let's back up a little bit. So, New England, just a month or two ago, trades Shaq Mason, 29-year-old guard, making $7.5 million this year, which is fairly decent for a very capable lineman. They trade him to, of course, the only place you can't trade him, Tampa. They trade him to freaking Tampa. Um, so Bill Belichick just loves aiding Tom Brady in, in these current days, giving him Gronk and giving him um, Shaq Mason. But So Shaq Mason, 29 years old, and he is he's, he's traded for a fifth-round pick. So you trade a very capable guard for a fifth-round pick. Okay, that's fine. What are you going to do with said fifth-round pick? Well, who cares? Because they use their first overall pick on Cole Strange. So if you're if you're keeping tallies here, New England traded Shaq Mason and a first-round pick for Cole Strange and a fifth-round pick. It seems crazy when you put it in that sense, but that's what happened. I just... I don't even know what to say. Like, I... I'm baffled. I hope to God Cole Strange is a great player. I'm sure he will be if, if Bill Belichick felt he was a first-round talent. Especially because the one place that New England hasn't missed is linemen. Say what you want. Uh, New England has been really poor at drafting wide receivers. Um, and there's been other positions they've struggled with. But for the most part, Bill Belichick has turned linemen around like nobody's business. Um, he's done fairly well with quarterbacks too, I might add. And also linebackers and corners are one of his strong suits too. But, um, yeah, so hopefully Cole Strange is a good player and that works out for New England because obviously that's what I would want. But just kind of depressing that New England took a guard there. I just was not expecting that. I was 100% all week saying New England needs to be in the wide receiver market in the first round, take that player that everybody is kind of going for, trade up, be aggressive for once. Do something that will put Mac in position to, as I've said a few times, throw 35 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, and win 10 to 11 games. Because right now, I don't even know what New England is. It's hard to even put a prediction on them because the Bills obviously didn't take a step back. I don't think anybody would agree to that. They're still where they are. Uh, Miami's taking a step up, trading for Tyreek Hill. And, you know, another year with Jared... Sorry, people trying to call me on the phone there. That's why I broke up. So anyways, they they add Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill. Um, The offensive pieces are 100% still there. Uh, As long as Tua is is something to write home about. Obviously, they go out and get an offensive coach as well. So um, the Dolphins are on the come up. And the Jets just had a fantastic draft, including offensive pieces Garrett Wilson. Um, Elijah Moore last year was, was a great addition. He'll take another step forward. Um, they got a plethora of backs. We're still a little questionable about Zach Wilson, but New England didn't address the wide receiver position, and that just, unfortunately, it's it's depressing. Um, I was okay with going out and get a corner because we lost J.C. Jackson, and we didn't do that either. Uh, we go out and get a guard. Very depressing. I don't know how else to say it. 
Uh, moving on to some of the picks that I did like and some of the teams that I thought did a pretty good job. Uh, Lions being really aggressive, getting their hometown kid, Aiden Hutchinson, was huge. But going up from 32 to 12 to get Jamison Williams is such an unlike Lions move. And I loved it for them. Thought that was uh, thought that was huge. And happy for the Lions. Happy for Lions fans. I'm, I hope it works out. Um, the, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Jamison Williams smiling. He doesn't look happy, but uh, it sounds like that's just kind of him, though. He's just kind of a baller, not really a smiler for pictures and stuff like that. So hopefully Jamison Williams turns out to be a good player, former Buckeye, former Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, uh, the Ravens. Holy shiitake mushrooms, the Ravens. So... Kyle Hamilton, for whatever reason, probably one of the top five players in this draft class, slides to 14. I think with the plethora of receivers that were going, amongst other things that were happening, pass rushers, Kyle Hamilton got overlooked and therefore fell to, I can't imagine a better scenario for him than the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, wow, holy crap. And then they go out and they get what a lot of people argue is was the best lineman in the draft, a center out of Iowa. And then what do they do in the second round but draft the injured David Ajabo, who was a first-round talent before his Achilles injury. I just can't I can't even tell you how, like, stacked the Ravens were going to be. Prior to the draft, prior to free agency, I w- I've even said it on the Facebook page, I'm pretty sure. The Ravens are, like, one of my top bets to make the playoffs next year. They're going to play a fourth-place schedule. They were extremely hurt last year. And now, after their draft, I'm confident – not only – I'm picking them to win the division. Spoiler alert. Um, haven't even looked at the schedule, but I, I just can't imagine a scenario in which the Ravens take um, another down year again. I just – they I think they're back. Lamar Jackson playing for a, a big quarterback contract. Running backs back. Wide receivers. Um, obviously, they lose Hollywood Brown, but, you know, wide receivers aren't even their thing anyway. They're more of a running team that – that distributes to the tight ends and stuff. I love the Ravens moving forward, and I love their draft. Uh, I thought they hit a home run. Next thing I want to talk about, Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans did some just some weird they, – they're, they're a very strange team right now. They're kind of hard to see where their future is in a couple of years, but they trade away A.J. Brown, their top wide receiver, and not only just their top wide receiver, but I think it's inarguable he's a top 10 receiver in this game right now. Um, one of the more big physical receivers, him and DK Metcalf come to mind in that category. And uh, they trade him to Philadelphia, you know, for basically a first-round pick, and they draft a, a big physical wide receiver. So good for them. Hopefully that pick turns out. Then they go and they get Hassan Haskins, a big physical running back to back up Derrick Henry, which is cool. And then they get a quarterback. So it's almost like they drafted – the replacements of all their – they drafted A.J. Brown's replacement, they drafted Derrick Henry's replacement, and potentially drafted Ryan Tannehill's replacement with Malik Willis. And the topic of conversation that's been coming up lately, and I kind of want to talk about it here, is, you know, Ryan Tannehill stated that it's not his job to mentor Malik, Malik Willis. And I would 100% agree. Like, it's always good to be training people and, and teaching people and – and making people around you better because obviously it's a team game. There's 53 guys, and anybody that's on that team needs to be the best they can be for a Super Bowl to happen or for playoff wins or for a team to have success. But at the same time, 
it ain't Ryan Tannehill's job to make sure Malik Willis can beat him for his own job. Like, that's silly that people are getting this up in arms over. I've seen Super Bowl champion Kurt Warner chimed in. He's like, I can't believe all these quarterbacks that, you know, they're being stubborn. Listen here, Kirk. Like, don't get me wrong. You're a Hall of Fame player. You're, you know, on and off the field. You're a top, top, top dude. But, I mean, name one dude that was kind of breathing down your neck. I mean, that just wasn't really happening. And now you can argue that that is happening with Malik Willis getting drafted to Tennessee. So, um, if Kurt Warner was drafted and all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes is behind him, I think we're having a different conversation with Kurt. But, again, I respect Kurt. I think he's a great dude. But, um I don't think it's Ryan Tannehill's job, and I think he was 100% in what he said, and I agree with him. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up some of my takes on the draft. You know, Tennessee was was weird. Uh, the Jets nailed their draft. The The Lions, shockingly, I thought, nailed their draft again. The teams that are picking in the top, you know, 10 bad teams overall are typically going to have good drafts, but the Ravens were a standout, getting three first-round talent-type players. Um, over the course of the first two rounds, I thought was huge for them. Um, not very optimistic about New England's draft. There was nothing I really seen that made me go, ooh, I'm excited. It's just kind of like, all right, that draft happened, and hopefully we turn these players into stars because I just don't know. It's it's so hard to predict New England right now because I just don't even know what they are. I just truly don't know what they have in their team, and uh, I just hope Mac takes another step think that oh deandre deandre hopkins suspended six games for peds um it sucks for deandre it sucks for fantasy owners but it's great for the cardinals said what i said um it's six games i have a feeling the cardinals i haven't even looked obviously their schedule hasn't come out yet they'll be at least three and three and then they'll have a rested up deandre hopkins for uh, a late playoff push slash playoff run so can't imagine that's terrible for him especially at his age um kind of like a load management type deal as long as DeAndre stays uh in the zone and is working out I think this will be great for him and uh great for the team and you know they got they went out and got Hollywood Brown so I just don't think that the Cardinals are necessarily in a worse spot ultimately you know they finished the year really poorly if Kyler's not going to run that's where the problems will lie it's not whether or not they have DeAndre Hopkins so um, I think that's all I kind of had for the NFL, but I want to talk briefly. I said I wasn't going to talk NBA playoffs, and I'm not going to, but I do want to talk briefly about one thing, and I'm kind of glad Brad's not on this pod because he'd probably just argue with me and get really offended. And Brad, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to I'm going to say this because I said it. I believe I said it last year before the season started on a preview episode that me and Brad did in the NBA. And Brad was dumbfounded at the time. He's like, I can't believe you think that. And um, and for last year, after watching last year, I'm like, okay, maybe I was wrong. I think I'm more right than I am wrong. Luka Doncic is Russell Westbrook, but he can shoot. Unfortunately, what Luka is doing... It's been done. It's not even impressive anymore. I don't, like, look at Luka's stat lines and be like, oh, my gosh. Literally, Russell Westbrook and James Harden for three straight years did that. It's not it's not an impressive feat to drop 30 to 40 points with 10-plus boards and 10-plus rebounds. Like, it's 
I've seen it. And it doesn't translate to wins. Like if LeBron... I don't know why it's like this, but when LeBron James has a triple-double, 99% of the time they win. Like, it's an effective triple-double. You know, LeBron's been averaging 27-7-7 his whole career, and it's translated to a ton of wins. Russell Westbrook averages 30-10-10, and and it doesn't. The same with Harden. The same with Luka. Luka's winning, but not in these important games. He's winning regular season games. Right now, he looks completely underwhelmed and overmatched because it's just ball-centric. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to turn the ball over. I'm going to shoot it a bunch of times. And that's not how you win in the NBA. Like, name one person that's drug a team to the finals playing like that. And the only person's Allen Iverson. And his team, unfortunately, ran into a much better team, much like the Dallas Mavericks are right now. I I don't know how else to say it, unfortunately. I, I think Luka's a great player, and he's super young and has so much ahead of him. But unless they get another star, and unless Luka changes his ways... If he wants to average for his entire career what he wants to average, they're never going to have any success. He'll win some MVPs. He'll win some awards. They'll win a playoff series or two. But they're never going to like dominate and win a title. That's just That style of play has never won anything for anyone. Even Kobe in his brief tenure without Shaq when he was just dominating the ball, not necessarily passing it a lot, just dominating it, 40 to 50 points a game, they'd win some. They weren't winning a title. It's laughable to think that that style of play is just... First of all, it's not sustainable. It's proven. It's not sustainable. And it doesn't win. Because against a good defensive team, they're like, all right, go get yours. We'll take everybody else out of the game because they're going to be out of rhythm. They're going to be cold from not being able to shoot. When they finally get the ball, they're going to make bad decisions. It's stuff like that. I think Luka's fun to watch. I think he's bright for the game. But what he is doing is Russell Westbrook, and you can't change my mind. It's just... It's not... These games aren't even close. The Suns are, at this point, are either going to sweep or gentlemen sweep the Mavericks. I said what I said. Well, uh, that's been the Drive Home Pod. Talked a little draft, just briefly. Talked a little Luka. Uh, I missed talking on the pod. This week wasn't going to work out. I kind of wanted to get one out anyway. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're uh, getting into summertime here. Still going to be talking football. We will uh, see you next time.